0: the biggest advice for photographers I could give is not to worry about the tools, the cameras, the equipment, any of the hacks or how your website looks or how, your, how thick your business card is or the font of any of this. All of those things are very nice. But if you produce value, people will come knocking down your door.
1: And that my friend is the voice of Felix Coons,
0: incredibly
1: successful portrait photographer based out of New York. And we dig in deep in this episode and talk a lot about the different ways of finding your voice, but by adding so much value to your ideal customer that you naturally build a network. You naturally become successful. Really relevant for the times right now. Hope you find an immense amount of value from it. Stay tuned. I'm gonna cue some amazing intro music and then we'll get rocking. Talk to you soon. If you're like me, you're an artist and entrepreneur. You've got big ideas, unique skills and services that frankly, no one else can offer the way you do. Yet you're probably still asking yourself these questions. How do you make money yet still have time to create as an artist? How do I run a business if my mind doesn't necessarily think that way? And how can I create a future that isn't dependent on me trading my time for money? Those are the questions we ask ourselves, and this podcast will answer them. My name is Nathan Freitas, and this is the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. Follow me as I demystify running a profitable creative business and empower thousands of other creative entrepreneurs like you to make money doing what they're meant to do and impact the world in the process. Let's rock. What's up, you guys? Hey, it's Nathan with the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. I'm really, really pumped. I think I say that every episode because I get the honor of having amazing people. Like this gentleman who's on today. Um, I've got Felix Coons, who's a portrait photographer based in New York. And Felix has not only an incredibly successful career, but he has created the lighting series, which is, in your words, Felix, you've democratized creating beautiful pictures with this lighting course. It's a really affordable lighting course that you've created. You've got 11,000 photographers using it today. You've got an active Facebook community of close to 30,000 members and you are passionate about and focused on photographing explorers, environmentalists, and, and you've done some really cool stuff with the, the explorers, explorers club dinner So we've got a lot to talk about today and we were kind of riffing on some different themes, but, um, just wanted to welcome you to the show. Appreciate you uh, for being here.
0: Thanks, Nathan. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's just great. And using the, uh, the lockdown as an opportunity to kind of connect with lots of people. It's nice.
1: And it's fun, right? You get to, uh, fun, not discounting everything that's going on, but what's kind of cool is we, we get a glimpse into, I think a little bit more of people's real lives. And that's always sure. right I, got,
0: sure. I, I mean for some people it's connection with with others, and for some people, it's exactly the opposite you know? mm. like uh, if you' hold up with in New York City, I know there's a lot of people who have a ton of roommates, and it's an opportunity to bond with those people, and some people have none you know it's a uh, such a mixed bag and yeah're you know, trying to see the best of it
2: yeah
1: well I, yeah. I just bought a puppy I've got two kids um. 14 and 11 and okay. I get them like every other week for the entire week. So I they've been begging me for a dog and I've been very adamant about not bringing in more burden and I've got enough on my plate, right? So I was like, no, I'm not going to get a dog, not going to get a dog. And then I had this experience where uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend had this dog that uh, that I just fell in love with and I, I felt like my heart grow. Like, okay, I gotta I gotta lean into this and get more of this. So I bought the dog for me. And it's been a, a you know a great time to to train a small puppy uh, because not I'm a at home all the time. Yeah, yeah. not a burn at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just kind of looking down and we can go down lots of different threads and, and I'm a big fan of just kind of letting things flow. So let's just kind of I'm gonna bring up a couple of things here and and have you guide you know which topic you want to go down mm-hmm. um you know we we we've talked a little bit about your start which i thought was really cool how an appendix bursting bursting during the last recession was a catalyst for you to get out of a 9 to 5 <laughs> right um right so we could go down that theme um but i also really love as we're talking and i think my community really really appreciate this is this idea of creating value everything you do you've got this thread of creating value and for me that's an important thing because there's 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 no shortage of mindset hacks there's no shortage of lighting courses and workshops right there's all the there's there's no shortage of tools to do things hmm. but what, what yeah. you're Right what you're doing is you're consistently creating value which it doesn't matter what the tool is the value is there first and then you figure out the tool
0: Right um so let me let's talk quickly about kind of how I got going because it all kind of fits into everything Um in the last recession so I think we're going to head into a recession now um with the lockdowns and everything and people are been saying like people are in this situation where they're doing what I, what photographers do at the beginning of their careers, which is like working on images that they might not have used before that they might not be being paid for. So some personal work, Um, working on educating themselves and working on putting structure into their lives. Like when I started out, as a photographer, I didn't have any clients. So that's what I was working on all the time. I was like, okay, I'm going to work out how I organize my files because then when I'm shooting a lot, I'll have structure in place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn a lot. You know, I, I was learning Photoshop and lighting and all of those things at the time. So there's a lot of people who are doing that. And uh, obviously, the first period of when you're learning and starting out and you're establishing all that structure in your career pays huge dividends over time. You know, I still use the same filing structure, I still use Photoshop and I still use lighting. Um, so when we, when I try to approach kind of the lockdown with the uh, misplaced, perhaps optimism, those are the kind of things I look at as an opportunity. Um, the my appendix burst and I, can't, I um, like my nine to five just kind of evaporated in the last recession and I spent a few days in hospital. And after that, I thought, well, I could die at any moment. You know, that's like life It, it is one of those cliche moments where you go life has this is fleeting, so why don't we make the best of it? And sitting at a, on a nine to five that uh, then evaporated was kind of that opportunity that pushed me into doing photography, which I've been doing as a hobby since then. So that was 12 years ago and I did nothing of value for years. And what I, what we were kind of touching upon in our conversation before this is that the biggest advice for photographers I could give Is not to worry about the tools, the cameras, the equipment, any of the hacks, or how your website looks, or how how thick your business card is, or the font of any of this. All of those things are very nice. But if you produce value, people will come knocking down your door. If you serve in a community, so for example, I now, like you mentioned, I photograph a lot of members of the Explorers Club, which is a club that is exactly what it sounds like. Anyone that's pushing the human race or science forward is probably a member of the Explorers Club. Um, And I give them a lot of pictures to use for free because I really believe in the mission of what they do. And it's paid dividends over and over again, you know, getting, uh, serving in a community of astronauts, I've had opportunities to photograph Buzz Aldrin, for example, um, that I would never have had if I hadn't served and created value in that uh, community. So Mm -hmm. we can dive into that a little bit more. but it's. I think it's a good theme about how do you kind of, you have all these problems as you're getting going as a photographer. And I think that the eye on the mountain should always be at where can I produce the most value?
1: So I agree with that. And I, let's double click into that. Cause that, that idea of creating value, the, the words make sense. Anyone listening
0: right. to this? It sounds, it's a buzzword right now.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, but like how? I'm curious. How did you approach it? Because my my brain, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm I'm both the the artist and the analytical guy. I, I got both sides of the brain. I, I kind of shoot right down the middle, and I can vacillate between either if I need to. So when I think of it, creating value, you know, I'm going to. <laughs> it's like I'm going to the dream customer, and I'm you know I'm doing this, the focus groups, right? I'm chatting with them. I'm meeting them for lunch. Tell me what your challenges are, and then from there, I just steal down what I believe to be valuable for them. What was your approach as you started
0: out? I, I look at it very much, like I love, uh, I describe myself as an amateur economist, and I remember I used to shoot concerts for Getty, Getty Images um, back in Europe, and um, you'd go to a gig, and then there'd be 20 photographers in a small press pit, um, all <laughs> photographing from the same angle, and so what you end up with is a thousand pictures from that gig, or well, let's say they each file 20 images. So you end up with 400 images from exactly the same angle. And what ends up happening is in that press pit, the elbows get really sharp. Everyone's really trying to get the best view. And I just thought, wait, this isn't worth it for me. There's people, A, in that press pit who do it far better than I do, who have much more experience. And B, even they don't produce an image that's so much different than what everyone else is getting. So you have an oversupply of images and you basically make no sales. The only reason I, I could pay my phone bill off of that is because it was the biggest agency in the world representing, uh, representing my images. And so I, as I looked at this, I thought, right, there's an oversupply of images there and the great concert photographers are getting access directly to the artists. And I've learned now in 12 years of shooting that access is the biggest challenge. Once we get past lighting and cameras and all of these things, it's always gonna be access. If you got access to the right um, kind of people, your whole career will take care of itself. And you see that when you have a celebrity's child, like the child of a celebrity, just uh, you know, gets a campaign from nothing. It's because they have access. They don't have better lighting or better interaction. They have access. And that's a lesson that we can all take away. Like it's, we might have to work harder than the child of a, uh, the, the son of a celebrity, but it's still the same formula at the end of the day. Um, getting access. And if you get access and have good work, you're going to beat out other people. So um, that's kind of what led me to doing portrait photography and focusing on people. And it's also what led me to doing lighting. And at the time in England, everyone was trying to be a fashion photographer. And I thought, right, so I'm out of that because I saw a lot of my friends, they were doing well in fashion photography and yet still making no money. Mm All right, That's not for me um so i focused on people and i started doing lots of headshots for actors and i wasn't that great at photographing headshots because very inexperienced but i noticed no one was using artificial light to make headshots so i thought right that's where i can set myself apart and so i started shooting badly very badly with artificial lighting um the first light i got was from a friend who had it in storage Uh and i got it for like Eighty pounds, which is about a hundred dollars, um, and it was dusty, and it didn't—you did—you couldn't trigger it wirelessly, and it had cords running everywhere, and you could take maybe a picture every two seconds, and every time you did, the color temperature was different. So all my pictures, I ended up uh, finishing them in black and white. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just Dude, I've done the same
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't get the color to be consistent, and then I was just messing around. But that's. So, that idea of like, right, let's look at something where I'm not competing with a thousand people for zero money and maybe compete with a couple of people for higher paying jobs is kind of a way, was a way for me to level up and leapfrog other people. And when we, you know, I have this uh, lighting class, the lighting series, and people ask me, oh, I'm in, in, a, in a small town in, in wherever, and why would I need, I can make beautiful work with artificial light. And I just say, look, you don't need to watch the lighting series if you are already the best photographer in your area for like like economically, you don't have to do it. If you already got that, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But everyone there is probably not very good at artificial light. So if you want to leapfrog the competition, and stand out, that's why I started shooting artificial light and also because in England, uh, we have lots of overcast days and when you're shooting with just natural light on an overcast day You're gonna get those panda eyes, you know, the dark uh, circles under the eyes and I wanted to use artificial light Just to pop a little bit of light into the eyes and give them a bit of life and flatten my subjects
1: This is interesting uh, The question that I'm is going through my head right now is this These are not they're not trivial things, or I, I think a lot of people would not necessarily think this is trivial. What, what, what you did naturally, if I were to kind of <laughs> reframe what you just told me, is you looked at the market, you found an area that was underserved, and then you built a skill set to serve that underserved market.
0: So right, but it's, you know, we're dealing with art, so I never, I never it took, a, it took years also to figure this out. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think like economists fall into this trap of leading with the numbers when in actuality you lead with your instinct and then you realize what you did actually helped because of those principles. But you kind of, because we're doing something that's very human and artful, Mm -hmm. you have to lead with, right? This is why I say value instead of kind of uh, use economics terms because. if you, if you take this idea of the way you establish a style is to shoot a lot and the way you establish, um, what you should shoot is to find out what you yourself are interested in and what you're Mm -hmm. good at. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hard kind of conversation to have with yourself and then figure out how to photograph it. For example, I asked somebody, what was that the thing they loved the most in life or that they were really interested in outside of their own family and life. And she goes, I love elephants. I was was on stage asking the crowd, like, what do you guys love? So you could find your passion. And I go, well, what do you love about elephants? And she goes, Oh, the grace and the, you know, um, elegance. And I said, well, why don't you find grace and elegance in people that's, that's your portrait business right there. And she's like, Oh my God, But finding those kind of things like what are the things you're really drawn to and then, you know, uh, living a good life and photographing the people in it. So if you are huge into cycling, there's a portrait world where you can photograph cyclists or adventurers or people who spend a lot of time outdoors or any of that, you can kind of find your circle of competence and photograph in that. So if you look at it from that way, you don't have to think about numbers and supply and demand. You're already doing
2: that, yeah.
1: And I'm glad. So that's exactly where I wanted to go, right? It's, yeah. it is that. To, to to me, it's yeah. It's that conversation with yourself. It's the most important step. And and like you look at right now with with everything that's going on, this is why it's more important than ever.
0: Mm. Right? It's more. I think important a lot of people than, are having uh, uh, self introspection moments of just going right. What It's, I think for me and a lot of people I've spoken to, it's an opportunity to sit and think and go, I like my own experiences. I'm back at my loft, my studio in New York Mm. and I have a balcony and I have um, my my desk and I have a little studio area and I have my TVs and my kitchen and I'm realizing, oh, I love to cook for myself because I can choose the food that's healthy for me. I can exercise every day. I can spend some time in the sun on my balcony when it is sunny and i can i can work at the pace that i want to work at and i'm learning so much about how i want my lifestyle to be after the lockdown
1: now fascinating yeah.
0: i don't have a puppy you know so i'm i'm unrestricted in a lot of ways cuz that's how i've always what i've always valued mm-hmm. so i recognize it's a bit of a privileged position but i think a lot of people are having that you know maybe they're spending time with their family and realizing oh i really love the interaction that i have with my family, and we want to make sure that we spend more time on that afterwards.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Having that conversation what are you passionate about? What are you good at? And letting that guide you.
0: Yes, um, exactly. And yeah. it's this is, I think we're getting closer to that. Like, um, I'm going through a lot of my old work and realizing, oh, this is the stuff I actually love. And I would love to shoot more of. And when when I'm going at the frenetic pace that I was going at before the lockdown, you don't necessarily have a chance to think about and review and just kind of say, oh, here is like I'm seeing what is the intersection of what I love and what works well on social media and what works well with clients. And those two things, I can marry them together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about then this, this other um, topic you just brought up, which is the access. Mm-hmm. And so you could create as much value as you want, but that potentially if you don't have the right access, now there could be the argument that when you're creating value that access just innately comes in as well. But I'm curious, once you started to do more of what you were passionate about and good at or interested in getting good at, how did you get more access to You know, like, were, were there specific tactics you used to do
0: that just naturally happen? Right. Right. So let me go off on a tangent here and then uh, bring it back around. When I teach lighting classes in person at the beginning of the class, I say to the whole group, um, you know, we'll usually get them into my studio and, and then we'll give an introduction. I said, this isn't the, what Felix can do show. This isn't about what I can do. This is if you don't walk away, being able to do this, then, um, it's not worth it and it's not about, you don't need to take these exact things and this isn't about what I can do. Um, and I didn't realize until I'd done a lot of these classes that that was a little bit of a unique view to have on teaching. Because I've seen a lot of people who are like, I'm the best at this and this is the way you do it and don't do that and you need to get into these ratios and use this and blah, blah, blah. And when I was also learning as a photographer, um, it was a lot of, you need to be anointed by God to have absolute knowledge of lighting. And if you're not a mathematician, you can never figure it out and blah, blah, blah. And I tell you all the people who get the math of lighting completely down every single time are usually terrible photographers. Um, Hmm. um, maybe that's a bit of a broad statement, but I I mean, when I started, I was learning about the, uh, inverse square law of light fall off. And it's very interesting, but I found it inapplicable in most situations. Anyway, the point I'm making is, if you can, if you, let's say you've done the step of, okay, I figured out I love elephants, so I'm gonna photograph the beauty and grace of uh, elephants and the beauty and grace of people because I love that about elephants, right? So then maybe you combine that with, I love people who work in nature conservation, um and i want to photograph them in a beautiful and elegant way good now you have a a circle of competence that you love and you will because you love it you will know something about it Mm -hmm. um if you then find ways to serve in that community without making it about yourself Mm -hmm. as a photographer um you will get access Mm -hmm. and for example i thought about if someone wanted to photograph astronauts well, yes, they could go straight to NASA and ask to photograph the astronaut program. But NASA guards those people very carefully. They don't have a lot of time, so it's not going to happen, right? right? But if you started with, right, let's go, I, uh, let's go to a jet propulsion lab in Pasadena, see if I can get access to one of those people. You knock on the door, they say no. Good. Well, where do they recruit their people from? Maybe Caltech, right? or some school. So you go and find someone, like we are on the internet, you can find someone that works at one of those institutions and offer them a free photo shoot.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so getting access is like, but if you make it completely about serving that industry, you're gonna put on, you're gonna have some expenses while you do it, but you will get access. And the way I did it was, um, I've been, always been a bit nerdy, I've always loved science, um, exploration space uh, mm-hmm. architecture—all the those kind of um, fields. And one day, I was shooting an event for a client that was had hired a room at the Explorers Club for their event. And I was like, "What is this place? It's amazing!" And subsequently, I started kind of interacting with the community a little bit more. You know, I met one person that was a member of the Explorers Club, and I just asked, "Hey, can I kind of be more in touch with you and follow you on social media and get your email?" and tell you what I'm doing and they were like, okay, sure. And I built that uh, connection. And then they ended up introducing me to the president of the Explorers Club, who then helped me when I said, look, I wanna just come to your annual dinner. They have an annual dinner where just famous because they serve all sorts of interesting foods, um, where all their membership gathers, uh, usually in March. It's been, for this year it was obviously, it didn't happen in March as you can imagine. Um, and I said, please, can I come along and I just want to set up a little studio and I want to just take portraits. You don't need to do anything, you don't need to pay anything and I'll just give you the images afterwards. He's like, sounds like a win-win, okay. And I had that little trust connection already. Mm-hmm. They felt like, okay, we could do this and if it's a disaster, we, got, we didn't lose anything. So they, they uh, gave me a little bit of space to set up my studio at their dinner, which was at yeah, the Museum of Natural History. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson, who was the keynote speaker, you know, he's a Mm -hmm. famous astrophysicist, came along to the portrait booth and he was wonderful. And I got to photograph him. And then I gave the club the images. They used them and they were like, this is brilliant. We have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And six years later, um, they they got me access to photograph probably my most viral image to date, which is um, I took a picture of eight of the 11 surviving Apollo astronauts at last year's dinner which included Buzz Aldrin and, um, people who've been on Apollo 13, people who walked on the moon, like it was, it's a image of some of the greatest people of history Mm -hmm. all in one room together. Um, if you go to my Instagram at Felix, you can find it. Um, and that's access, but that took six years, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but every year I pay for the shoot myself out of my pocket. I give the images to the explorers club. Mm. And I serve the community and it it has paid dividends in ways I never could imagine. You know, I've been on two explorers club expeditions since then from people with working with people that I photographed. Um, And that's a magic formula that can be emulated in any field whatsoever.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. And
0: putting the money in the first year, I was so, so, I mean, I'm still super, super frugal of how I do it. What I do is I I give the club the images, but the people, the individual members that I photograph, I tell them directly, look, I put the money in, I'm going to, if you want to buy a print, you absolutely can. And it helps me fund it for next year. I'm very, very honest about why I'm asking them to to, um, buy prints and they buy prints because they want to support the project and that's how I fund it.
1: Really smart. Okay, I was because this was an ask because that was a question that was going on in my head. It's like this: I, I I love the value, but at some point you got to make money. They make a living, right? Right,
0: right, right. And but, but if I break even on it, Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Mm. That's good enough because I, I think there's such power to saying to yourself, right? Let's do this because I want to see the club succeed. I want to see the explorers succeed. If you have this example, let's say we, we love elephants, you would want, no matter the finances, elephant conservation to be improved. You would want the people that do it to do better. And if you do that, that's what I call serving. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at, you're a numbers guy, a corporate guy. If you yeah. look at kind of Google, uh, Amazon, app, even Apple, A lot of these companies started with things that they were really passionate about, small ideas, and then later they figured out how to make it um, profitable.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a really powerful model. I mean, it takes some, it's scary, but you can adopt that to your own industry as well.
1: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're recognizing that it's scary. This is not, it's not,
2: um, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: I mean, it's it's leveling. It's, I call it leveling up, right? Yeah. So, so when my appendix burst, it was scary to leave behind my, well, my my not well paying, but regular career that had, that was safe. That was terrifying. But being in the hospital for uh, a week gave me the perspective of just, well, if I could have died, Mm -hmm. so I might as well, Mm -hmm. you know, I might as well. What's the point otherwise of like, let's push, and see. And there's a great, I think it's Oprah Winfrey. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: I think that's so, so true. And so every time you level up, is like this jump in your career. Like, yeah, there's some risk. It's a couple of thousand dollars to put on this shoot for the Explorers Club. There's some risk that I might lose that money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what if I succeed?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What if it works out? And, like, I will be completely honest with you, it hasn't been some great profit driven enterprise at all. (laughs) Even the people that have hired me afterwards, like, they, I don't know if that, like, but it doesn't really matter because I've positioned myself in a way that there are people who I really, really, really respect, tons of them in my life, Mm -hmm. that I get to photograph and serve. You know, I didn't get paid to go on the expeditions I went on. But Jesus, would I ever trade going to the middle of Mongolia to uh, study geology with some of the top um, scientists in that field for three weeks for a commission? Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you've, you
1: really have you've done a great job with this mindset. You, you dropped this nugget early on when we started chatting. You were talking about... Um, I mean, you were talking about leveling up, but you, this, this fact that I think it was, it came from maybe either just your relationship with Sue Bryce and her mentorship, but this idea of abundance, right? Right. Your, right. your view, you're, you just, you're, you're emulating this. It's beautiful. It's not, it, it's very simple. It's not easy to do,
0: right? Like, right. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. 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 Oh, let, let me say also, yeah. let me say also about uh, my own background, like my family, I was born in East Germany i didn't come from a wealthy family. Um, my parents absolutely supported what I did when I got into photography, but there wasn't a hundred million dollar check mm-hmm. um, that's a very specific joke um, there, <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't like i didn't you know what i mean i um I made it a point to be self sufficient if you have those resources great but my point isn't that, oh look, I put a couple thousand dollars into doing the Explorers Club shoot. It's that's a that's costs a couple thousand dollars because it's New York City, right? Mm. If you're gonna be in New York City, you're gonna be ready to kind of put down those kind of things. It's not about that, and I didn't I did certainly did not have the money to afford it at the time, but it was mm. like a real uh bet. Mm. And I just wanna make sure it doesn't sound like, oh yeah, well you just do this one for this thing for free, this thing for free, this thing for free. My point is more what we talked about earlier, which is if you, if I, the Explorers Club shoot, for example, the dinner, I break even, making the print sales, right, right, um, and every project I do, even when it's free, ends up with an opportunity at the other end of it. Yes, it always does. It always does, and maybe years later. I remember I went to India to photograph um, after they had in Mumbai they had a. Terrorist attack, and I was just going there to photograph. And it was very expensive for me at the time to do because I could not afford any of it. Mm-hmm. I scraped together the money for the flight. I stayed in the shackiest of shacks in Mumbai um, and ate, you know, very cheaply. And it took me about six years, like when I did the math, to make the money back based off print sales and licensing images. But I kind of always can find a way over time to make back the expenses from a personal project. Even if it's just, oh, I did this project photographing firefighters and then I ended up getting hired for something like this. Um, I remember I was doing these group collages like where I would composite groups together. Mm-hmm. And then one day it was just like costing me so much money to fly and hire assistants and hire retouching. And then one day someone from, who works for uh, Dior Perfume at the corporate level. It was like, we love this. Would you come? We're trying to find something to do at our Christmas holiday party. Could you do something like this of our team? Nice. I was like, okay. So you know what I mean? It's like you, there's on the back end of it, there's always an opportunity.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love it, dude. I love it. I, I'm going to distill that down because I'm always doing that in conversations. And especially as people are listening, right? We started from this place of, of having the, conver- the inner conversation, what is it that I'm mm-hmm. drawn to? What is it I want to learn? Right? And, and yeah. how can I create value in doing this? So you go that route. Um, you take action by creating the personal projects, which you yeah. shared a bunch of examples about that. But you've also sprinkled in this beautiful consistent mindset. That there's abundance, I'm going to break even, I'm helping these people. And as a result, universe, God, whatever is gifting you with, boom, you're going to break even. Oh, here's another project. Oh, here's, here's a do our, uh, you know, holiday shoot, all this stuff. So, it, yeah. So I, I mean, when you're, um, when you're
0: right? getting going, it's really about finding someone in that field, anyone, a connection, and then finding out what's needed and wanted, <laughs> and then delivering that. And none of these three steps have anything to do with, I get emails from people who are like, I want to come and work for you because I want this and I want that and I want this. And I'm like, I'm not going to hire that person. Yeah. What I'm going to hire is someone who goes, Hey, I would love to come and help you with this thing that you need. Mm-hmm. And that's what my approach is when I deal with clients or when I deal with a community that I want to service, what do they need? Cause I'm a photographer. It's not about me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and all of, there's a book I want to recommend, which is uh, it's called on being a photographer a practical guide you can get it on Kindle and it's by David Hearn, who's a Magnum photographer and Bill J who was a, a photo- also a well-known photographer. And it's a conversation between them that I've recommended this book. Isn't that, isn't that long called On Being a Photographer, which is where this whole idea of like finding the thing you're most passionate about and following that really got crystallized to me. Mm. Absolutely would recommend it to anybody, anybody who's trying to find clients, don't worry about everything just make great images and serve a community.
1: So I want to I want I do want I actually want to end this episode but I want to end on this idea that we we've been kind of going around but it's mm-hmm. it's it's the it's one of the outputs of everything you've just articulated. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the lighting series. I mean right. this is you, you approach that with democratizing amazing lighting, making it really easy. They come out of that. They should, they should know how to create beautiful images. It's not about you, about mastering what you do specifically. It's so I, I'd love to understand how did that come about? Like what, what made you think about doing that? I'm trying to, so I got of,
0: obsessed. Yeah. I got obsessed with artificial light, as I said, because I wanted to stand out from the pack. Right, And then I, met Sue Bryce um, because she and Lara Jade, who you've had on the podcast and is a great uh-huh. friend of mine, were doing a class on Creative Live and I, Lara brought me in to assist and then I met Sue. And I remember they, someone had the idea of, let's have Felix come on, because I was doing a lot of assisting at the time. Let's have Felix come on and talk about assisting. And I just said, look, I don't, I don't it's your class. I don't want to take away from this. I'm just here to assist. And um, but I was kind of known for like really having gotten into the whole lighting thing. And it kind of perked Sue's ears kind of perked up and was like, oh, let's see. And then I ended up teaching a class on Creative Live with Sue, who really was, you know, teaching live with an audience of 50,000 people is, is a harrowing idea. And I had no idea what I was doing in terms mm. of presenting and those kind of things. But Sue kind of carried me through that and was an amazing. Mentor to have for the teaching thing, and she and a guy called Yuri Arkuz, who is a stock photographer, um, had both been kind of the champions of you should teach because you're very good at breaking something that seems so complex and making it easy. Which, um, over years and years of teaching studio classes, teaching on Creative Live, um, was kind of distilled into the lighting series, and the mm-hmm. tagline is lighting is easy. It's let me show you how, and we do it without math, and we do it without ratios. Because when I was learning lighting, I would ask for photographers' advice, and they're like, "I'm not going to tell you my secrets," or they would uh, make me think that I needed to know all of this stuff because, before I could ever even look into look at a light, kind of Mr. Miyagi style, you know, you'd have to <laughs> apprentice for five years. Before. Right. Whereas. It, it can be so simple and the way I teach lighting doesn't have to do with metering and ratios and uh, all this complicated stuff because that's all holdovers from film days. What we can do now is set up a light, take a picture,
2: You're and right. if the
0: light is too bright, you can turn the light down. And if it's yeah. too dark, you can turn it up. That is a luxury we didn't have in film days. Right. So in terms of timing, I think the lighting series just kind of came along at the right time when. Right. Let's have a hands-on approach that doesn't use complicated words. That um, you know shows it doesn't skip over anyone's head. So, like if you follow it and you practice it as you go, you'll get there and make beautiful work. And you can go to um, lighting with Felix on Instagram. Just type in lighting with Felix, and we have a collection of some of the work from the students, and it's mind-blowing. And we even have some before and afters to kind of show like. And they talk about their experiences. And the lighting series has become just, I'm really grateful for this community. We also have this Facebook group lighting with Felix Kunz, has become this kind of place where I'm seeing photographers just go from, Oh, I was so scared of, I had that studio look to being able to create natural light images and they're not mathematicians and they're not gods, they're just photographers. Like they're making sales from studio lighting and it looks beautiful. (laughs) So we wanted, I wanted to just do that. Like, and so people can take the lighting series, adopt the setups to however they want. I, I love it when someone goes, Oh, I added this little twist or I did that. And I'm like, Yes, please. That's great.
1: It's funny. You, you light up when you talk about this. It, we're not even talking about the economics, which is a, a cherry on top. Well, you're,
0: so being part of Sue Bryce's, like, Sue Bryce and I made the lighting series together. And I'm on this platform called the Portrait Masters. Right. She is the only platform. And let's go back to this abundance thing. Her platform. Platform is the only one I've seen where if you go into her Facebook group called, uh, um, I think it's called Super I I made fifteen thousand dollars this month from portrait sales. Even someone like eight thousand. Oh, my last portrait sale was three thousand dollars. That makes me so happy, because this idea of a starving artist should just be cancelled. You know, we are business people at the same time, mm-hmm. and. She is the only platform where she's like you need to live in abundance, you need to save for when there's a recession or when there's an emergency, and you need to be able to be creative and enjoy your life. Otherwise, what is the point? Right. You know, and a lot of people aren't there, but there is, I would say, there is so much precedent for having done it well. We know that we can teach lighting with the lighting series. So anyone that's struggling with that, you know, we have a where it's a it's at the lightingseries.com and anyone can learn how to light. I,
1: I want I want to double click. I'm looking at the time and it's like I, I I want to double click into the business of running of of setting that up. We don't have time to do it, but um, right. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to come back and, and kind of pull back that curtain of you've you've we've, we I think today's great, right? We just focusing on creating value, massive value. Right. Just
0: going back to that, but. Well, Nathan, let me make it really, really simple for people. Do you mind if I kind of address this for one minute? Sure. Um, so we're talking about scale. What's great about education is obviously I can put a product online and it sells while I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. That's, it's scaled, right? Photography is very hard to scale, but if you're a photographer and you're working your butt off to get each new client, What I would call scale in that scenario is when your clients are promoting you through word of mouth and what you're mostly spending your time on is shooting and selling rather than acquiring new clients. And I know that people get that scale. That is for a photographer who's not getting into the education market because we can't all be educators. That is what scale is in a personal photo business is when your clients are giving you New clients and word of mouth, and you're spending most of your time making sales, shooting, and retouching, or you've outsourced your retouching, but you're you're spending your time on the things that uh, make you most money. And I think that is absolutely possible for anyone to do. And you know the the whole conversation of oh, making an online class and selling it is a little bit tricky to have because it's it's not going to happen for everybody. And I'm not the first person or the last person to make a lighting class either.
1: Right, and you're and you're using Sue's platform. You haven't created the platform, you created the content and then it's delivered through her platform, which is Port- Portrait Masters, right?
0: Yeah, the Portrait Masters, yeah, at the lighting right. series.com. Right. So, and I have an outdoor lighting class as well called the Location Series, also the locationseries.com. But um, yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about business, it's about how do we scale what we do? And I think every photographer that's trying to get clients knows you spend so much time getting new clients and you've leveled up. When you spend less time getting clients and more, more time creating images and selling images, and that's the next step of scale for most people. But here's the here,
1: here's here's where I would challenge uh, not challenge it's the wrong word. Totally agree with that. But at some point, <laughs> that scale, right? There, like I want I want to like just like add add an additional thing to it. That scale will stop. Right. An example of course, being, but
0: right. I'm stuck Nathan, in my, my house. Maybe my scale will stop. Yeah. Oh, anyone's scale is going to stop at some point. Like, Mm -hmm. that is a constant thing. And I think a lot of photographers um, that have really gone through 10 years of a successful business are looking at other things, right? You know, and adding to other things. And that's totally, or have new, I mean, that's a personal journey for everybody. I mean, Mm. but I, I, I think, yes, education scales fabulously, but a personal photo business for most people can still also uh, get to a better scale where you can do more with less time.
1: Hmm. What's, what's next for you? Uh, I mean, the next 12 months, what, what's, what's the next goal for you? I, was...
0: I if I knew that I would, uh, no one knows that right now. You don't have any, you don't,
1: you, I mean, we're I'm, talking 12 I'm, months. Not, yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh,
1: COVID-19 you, you, mean, think I, you, you think we're going to be, we're going to be feeling the, the impact here of 12 months.
0: I, I don't want to set myself up to fail. You know, I'm working on an exhibition. I don't know if it'll happen. I'm working on all my old work. Who knows? Um, I'm, you know, I'm in my Facebook group every day, um, helping people with their lighting. Uh, people can ask questions, even if they've got the lighting series or not, like it's a free group for everybody, as long as you're a nice person. And by that mean, I mean, anyone that posts mean comments gets kicked out, no questions asked. Um, and just taking it day at one day at a time and forgiving myself when I'm not productive, you know? <laughs> that's, that's because it's so much pressure. You have all this time and you must sit at the desk the whole day and get work done, but you know, you're gonna go crazy. So I think my lockdown tip is get a little bit done each day and also forgive yourself.
2: Mm. Dude,
1: you, you, you've done a really good job, the stuff that, it's taken me 15 years in a divorce to at least be aware of, which is the self-love. It's viewing life from a place of abundance. The, those two things, whoever's listening to this, like I, I, I want to encourage you to lean into those two things because I, in addition to the value and all, everything else we talked about, not, not to make those lesser, but to me, you become almost invincible. Invincible. Right. When when you're not constantly telling yourself you're not good enough, you're more willing to take chances. And Mm. when you're when you're viewing it from a place of uh, abundance, then breaking even or even losing money, it doesn't matter. It's it's not a there's no balance sheet. At the end of the day, if you continue to continue to move, you're gonna end out ahead. And I you you just will
0: like (laughs) what you said earlier, also is photographers. Should also look at themselves as business people, but business isn't hard. It's just about right. I mean, you, you, anyone can know. Oh, I'm not making any money, and I'm not gaining anything from doing this shoot, so don't do it. That's a hard conversation to have, but like I look at it like that, you know, for mm. the most part. Mm. Mm.
1: Simple. I not I to derive
0: easy. something out of it. Mm-hmm. It's simple, not easy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's going to be a bumper yeah. sticker in my in my uh, my walk-in closet <laughs> studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, I think this is a a good place to wrap.
0: Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Really interesting chat.
1: Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Listen, I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can implement in your life or business immediately. But before you go, I've got one ask of you, and that's to please subscribe and rate this podcast. Help me help other creative entrepreneurs like you and I. And here's the deal. When you leave your rating, you'll win a 15-minute free consultative meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating, and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again. You rock.